Hello, and welcome to the Givy community. I'm Ruby Illing, and this episode, I'm going to introduce you to the Killen and District Volunteer Car Scheme, based in Killen, in the Scottish Highlands. Killen, a popular holiday destination for walking in the surrounding mountains and visiting the local historical ruins, nature reserve, national park, and taking part in water sports in the nearby freshwater lock, Loch Tay. Sounds ideal for a short time stay, or for those who can drive, but for the local residents who can't drive, they are living in what some might call a transport desert. What do you think about the public transport around here? Well, I never use it. Because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Well, the current service is very poor in that there's only the five buses in a day on a on a return basis it starts just before eight o'clock in the morning and finishes before eight in the evening so people can easily be isolated but equally if you need to go to our main hospitals you have to change at least three times on different buses which means there's issues around connections people have actually been staying in bmbs closer to the hospital traveling the day or the evening before and then going to their appointment and then have to find their way back that day you know it's quite a complex process and this might seem silly but we've had situations where somebody's been taken into a hospital by an ambulance and the hospital have done their job and the person is released from hospital and the struggle they have then getting back home is immense but the ambulance service says oh you're fit enough now make your own way (laughs) and quite often we we've had occasions when the ambulance service has said sorry we've got no more ambulances to somebody that that requires one so we've had to dash in and pick them up you know it doesn't happen every day but it's an occasional thing my name's Donald Fraser and this scheme started in 2018 because our local patient participation group had been asking for an improved service for some time and Stirling Council eventually provided them with startup money to set up the car scheme and uh, nobody was prepared to take it on so I was asked and agreed to do it (laughs) so the idea of setting up this service would be that you're going to take all that stress away as far as possible we've got the flexibility of having a number of volunteers and all those volunteers have their own cars so we've actually created almost like a fleet (laughs) of of, uh, cars for a service which is very different from one private hire taxi that at the end of the day has got to earn its money and it's good to get picked especially seeing them on walking crutches and now too it's good yeah. to get picked up at the garden gate and dropped at the garden gate yeah door to door service yeah exactly <laughs> my name's ben i'm a volunteer driver for killen and district volunteer car scheme we're up in the Scottish Highlands and we're probably 35 to 40 miles from the central belt of Scotland, which is the bit between 
Edinburgh and Glasgow, which is where the hospitals are. So there are about three or four hospitals that we go to regularly, which are roughly a hundred mile round trip. And on Friday, I'm picking up someone in Killin and taking them down to Glasgow, and that'll be uh, about 120 miles. So that's a good part of the day used up. But nonetheless, I enjoy it because you get to meet some really interesting people. And it's not just hospital. You know, people people want to go out socially. Uh, people want to meet their friends. We had somebody who moved into Killing from Glasgow and their friends were living back in Glasgow. How do they get to see them? This particular person had multiple sclerosis. She could move, but the idea of catching all those different buses and transport was more than she could consider. So we would we would do that. Dentists, opticians, anything they want, really. If it fits in with our criteria, um, then then we're quite happy to do it. And a large part of our criteria is about people's well-being. I spent quite a lot of my working life actually doing this kind of thing because I was involved in export sales to Africa. And a lot of my job involved entertaining overseas customers who would come to the UK. And some of them were, were quite anxious. They would arrive in a country into an environment that, with which they were completely unfamiliar. And by way of a couple of little anecdotes, I had a, a Nigerian couple in my car once and I noticed that they looked uncomfortable and asked them if there was a problem. And the, the man said to me, are we likely to meet armed robbers on this road? I said, no, we're on the, on the M6 to the Lake District. Don't worry too much about that. And the lady who was sitting in the back seat, she said, um, are there any wild animals on this road? <laughs> which, which shows you that people bring their anxieties with them and travel is an anxious experience. Um, I, I mean, I've, I'm, you know, I'm 66, Ruby, so I'm, I'm getting older, although I'm lucky that I'm in good health and I'm extremely fit. I understand how the brain changes as you get older and you do become more anxious and more insecure. Uh, and as you see the world changing around you, uh, quite a lot of the folk that I carry struggle with technology. You know, they, they, they don't like using a mobile phone and they certainly don't like using a computer. And quite a lot of the people also are widows or widowers. And so they've, they've phoned up KDVCS to make an appointment for a driver to collect them. And it's absolutely essential that you arrive on time in a clean, tidy car and you drive them smoothly and safely to their destination and you wait for them while they have the treatment and you bring them home at the end of the day. I mean, for example, one thing I always do is phone new clients and introduce myself as the driver with some of them. I ring again the evening before the journey in order just to recheck that everything's okay, that we're going to the right place. And I tell them I will pick you up at X time and I make absolutely sure that I come around the corner to their house at exactly that moment. And usually they're waiting anxiously outside the gates because it's an important thing for them. You can imagine if you were 10 minutes late and you laughed it off. I mean, that just wouldn't go down well at all. Oh, good morning, Morning, ben. Patricia. How are you? Oh, I'm happy <laughs> listening to music. Oh, that's good. Come on, then. Would you mind taking that, please? Stick. Where's my oh, stick? Oh, stick? I've got, got that. I've got one down. And it's meeting more often not people that have lost their connections with their own family, 
perhaps their friend's wife or husband has died so they're isolated and I think that from the feedback we get those journeys become very important to to the people we take and they get to know their drivers and a range of drivers it's never it's not regularly the same person so you get to know a range of people and chat and there's that social element just to the journey you know if you're in a car with somebody for an hour and a half or whatever it's going to be you've got you can't sit in silence you know it's so long since i've done any real cooking yeah first of all being alone there's not much point in it so what do you do do you get do you that brochure that you gave me a few days ago do you get the meals from them yeah so what are they microwave meals or you put them in the oven how does that Microwave. work? Microwave. And are they good? They're not bad. Yeah, I think my mum's been having some of those as well. She's 91. She She's older can't be, than me. Well, she can't really sort of be bothered to prepare a meal, so... The thing is, there's so much to do. I mean, if you've got vegetables to do, you've got to peel the potatoes and chop yeah. the spinach and, well, whatever you do to it. A lot of these places are now selling their vegetables ready for just going in the steamer. Okay. And uh, you hear stories of people who haven't talked to anybody for a full week. Luckily here, neighbours tend to be pretty good and they drop in and check on people. Um, but there are folk who live pretty reclusive lives. You know, so for them suddenly to receive a letter from the hospital saying you've got to come and see us the next time about your eyesight or about this or about that um it's quite an effort for them to uh, find out about the driver service and organize a driver to come and pick them up so i try not to lose sight of the fact that um it, it is quite hard to kind of empathize with how it must feel to someone who's stuck in a, in a house all day with only the television for company um because one of the joys of living here is is the great outdoors. You know, we can get out and we can swim and we can cycle and we can walk and we can go on the lock and all those things. But those people don't have the ability to do that. So it's it's great to be able to take them out and take them on a nice little drive somewhere, show them the scenery. I mean, another thing I have done on a couple of occasions is taken a slightly more touristy route home after their appointment in order that they can... They can see a bit of the scenery. I don't mind doing that at all. And it's not unknown for us to stop for a cup of coffee on the way home or something like that. And uh, yes, it's very beneficial to them, I'm sure. Well, the thing is that I can drive. Yeah. But with my health. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I guess the car service must be pretty important for you. It is. To getting, for getting you to hospital yeah. appointments and that sort of thing. It is. When did you, how did you get to find out about the car service? Um, I think maybe they told me it was surgery. Okay. Because it's been going for so long. Yeah. And the prices are also reasonable. You know, you Definitely. don't have to pay an arm and a leg. No, no, well, it's reasonable, isn't it? From ours to to the hospitals in the central belt, it's about fifteen, sixteen pounds That's in return, right. which is yeah. unbeatable. You'd never get that with a taxi. Yeah, we work to. HMRC guidelines, which is 45 PMR, but we only charge 20 PMR to the passenger. 
and the remainder we look for funds and donations to top that up and it's quite often from those passengers who think oh no i'll give you another five or even ten pounds you know even though that we're not charging them that much money because there's a <laughs> a very annoying non-arrangement you could call it in that i would say 99 percent of our passengers will have a bus pass on them and they can't use it for our journeys they can use it with the demand what they call demand response transport which means if you need to go on a trip you have to contact sterling council the day beforehand and book a place the transport is run by private hire companies and quite often they're unavailable because they've got other contracts they might be taking children with special needs to schools or um, they, they could be up for private hire just a whole range of things so you may not even get the journey that you've tried to book so it's a very poor you you've, you have no sort of uh, guarantees because that's somehow sits within the council's arrangements and contracts but as a car scheme we have no cover like that and ideally if somebody's got a bus pass to travel and they're making essential journeys or maybe not even essential journeys i feel that they should be able to use that bus pass and as an organization we should be able to get recompense from that off of, off of the local council because at the end of the day we maybe it isn't a fully public but it is a, a sort of public service you know and it, it it's uh, that public services is there because the services that have been put in place by government and local government are not sufficient to meet certain people's needs the list of questions that you gave me seemed to be a lot longer than <laughs> what I feel I've been talking about, but then maybe I've just been gabbling on and you've picked lots up. No, a lot of the questions have been answered. I, I, I haven't asked them, but they've been answered. <laughs> they've been answered. <laughs> any, any last mentions, thoughts? I mean, I think one of the things that I picked up today, because I, I was having a look at where we sit in Scotland, and, and there was this thing that came up, and it was saying 91% of Scotland's population live in settlements and localities which account for 2.3% of Scotland's land mass. And you begin to think, wow, that means... Almost everybody is living in probably the major cities, you know, like Glasgow, Edinburgh, maybe Dundee out on the East Coast. So the rest of us <laughs> are living out in very rural environments. And if you look at the way that services are provided, the majority of services and the largest amount of finance is pumped into those cities. 
and it isn't pumped into the rural needs, which are probably higher, because if you live in a city and you see all these things about changing with emissions, you can walk or catch a bike. Well, you can't catch a bike here <laughs> to go to work in Stirling because you never have the energy to do a day's work. It's, you know, it's things like that. There's a total inequality. And that's a big, a much wider story. Anyway, <laughs> I can bang on about this time. <laughs> well, it has benefited me massively because when I retired uh, in July 2020, one point that I often make that Britain and British, British society and British companies are woefully inadequate uh, at dealing with retirement, you know. And so I left work and didn't go back. Uh, and that was it. We had a little bit of a celebration in the office, but it was a time of huge stress. And I don't mind admitting that I went through a very bad spell. Um, the process of rehabilitating yourself from that trauma of giving up regular work is that you, you need to get involved in things locally and you need to do things that you feel are worthwhile. And so this is just one of several things that I do now that give value to life uh, and it's a, it's a thoroughly valuable thing to do you know I do other things like tidying up around the community and helping out and restoring traffic signs and all kinds of mad things like that <laughs> all of which give me great pleasure so um, it has been hugely hugely useful to me but it also tells you how fortunate you are to be in good health um, and fit and healthy and able to go out and do things and get around because Many of these people are partially disabled, um, only partially sighted, um, and can't enjoy the kind of freedom that, that we have here living in the Scottish Highlands. I'd like to thank Don and Ben. They've been so useful in the production and promotion of this episode. You've been amazing, thank you. Since recording, KDVCS have been writing applications to funding organisations, including the National Lottery and to the Energy Saving Trust to buy a wheelchair accessible electric MPV that would carry six people with wheelchairs and eight without which will be very useful to KDVCS, particularly the community's residential care home. They'll find out later this month if the application was successful. If you would like to donate to KDVCS, click the link in the description. And if you would like to know more about the wider context of why Killen's transport is so sparse, Ben has written us a blog about the Victorian railways that used to run through the Scottish Highlands and why they are no longer in use, which will come out on our blog site on the 19th of October. Follow us on social media for Givy News and updates on the charities and organisations featured on our podcast. We are Givy HQ on everything. <laughs>